my name is Darren Roundson. I lead Garden Church in Long Beach, California. This is the Bridgetown Daily. First of all, I love you, Bridgetown Church. I love all of you up there in Portland and listening from afar. You are family to us here in Long Beach. I'm so thankful for all the ways that you lead uh, so many of us outside of just your local context. John Mark, um, is a good friend, and I love you, bro. I just want to say that publicly here and now. So thankful for your leadership, your wisdom, and your friendship over the past several, several years. I want to begin this time praying just a blessing. So would you just open up your heart and your hands, if you would, wherever you are, and just posture yourself in a way that you could receive this blessing. Father. Would you bless my brothers and sisters listening today? I pray through the power of your Holy Spirit, you would comfort, strengthen, expand, and enliven my brothers and sisters with greater depth of knowledge and wisdom. I pray for an experiential encounter of grace, of love, of mercy, and of joy today. I pray that you would increase our capacity to know you and to live your way. And I pray you would bring your life, the life of the kingdom, wherever we are, as it is in heaven. Well, amen. So, um, Joe Mark asked if I would add some thoughts to what you guys are doing. And I'm so thankful for this daily podcast. So, he said to do whatever's on my heart. And right now, my heart has been filled with uh, this book called Revelation. So I thought I'd read from Revelation and just share a couple of thoughts for you to think about today. Revelation chapter 2, verse 1 says this, To the angel of the church in Ephesus, write, These are the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and walks among the seven golden lampstands. I know your deeds, your hard work, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate wicked people, that you have tested those who claim to be apostles but are not, and have found them false. You have persevered and have endured hardships for my name and have not grown weary. Let's just pause right there for a second. It says in the context of this letter, um, that there's a church in Ephesus receiving this from uh, the Apostle John. So the context is John, the disciple, the beloved disciple, is writing this letter of revelation, this encounter with Jesus to, to encourage the seven churches in Asia Minor. He's encouraging them in this book really to be faithful disciples of Jesus while they are immersed and surrounded by a culture and an empire feverishly worshiping idols. So this text is in some ways also a reminder of the original vision that John has on Patmos, the prison island. He says, he who holds the seven stars and walks among the seven golden lampstands. Jesus is this um, victorious Christ who is the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega. And it says that he walks among the golden lampstands. And the golden lampstands represent the seven churches. And so he's not standing above. He's not below. He's not from afar. He's not bringing critique from up above. 
Jesus is with the church. And he gives them this, uh, this kind of encounter, this uh, way, this formula for engagement. And it's very similar to a royal edict or a prophetic oracle that would have been given. And it's, it starts off with, I know you have these things. I know your deeds. And then he'll, it will be followed up usually with a critique, but I have this against you. So the first three verses of Revelation chapter two are just this encouragement to the church in Ephesus. Jesus sees the strenuous labor, the hard work, the perseverance. He sees that they can't tolerate wicked people, that they have remained pure in life, doctrine, and discipline. Talks about the way they've challenged false, false teachers and apostles in, in their context, that they, as a local church, remained orthodox in the midst of growing pressure to conform to culture. And it says that they've persevered and endured hardship, which we know that there were all sorts of persecution. There's all sorts of pressure going on in Ephesus in particular. And so you see Jesus affirming this church. What on earth could be wrong with this church? Or imagine you being a disciple receiving this letter. What could be wrong if you are a disciple who's disciplined and pure as a follower of Jesus? You've remained or in um remain committed to the way of Jesus, laboring with God, walking with Jesus faithfully over the years. You are consistent in participation in the mission of Jesus. You are a faithful follower. But in verse 4 to the church in Ephesus, Jesus says, yeah, I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. And I just want to pause because a lot of times in our Christian context, we don't often see Jesus in this way, bringing critique or challenge. I feel like most of the time we like to cherry pick our verses, right? Come to me, all you who are weary and heavy burdened, I will give you rest. Yes. I love it. Don't worry. Perhaps this is what Jesus wants to say to his church in the West. Not a critique, but an invitation. You have forsaken the love you had at first. The word first is referring to priority or motivation. And see, in church life, oftentimes the longer you go, the longer you follow Jesus, the more it becomes a habit or hobby or duty. It's about getting the things done. And it's not hard to imagine what happened to the church in Ephesus. At the time that John writes this letter, Ephesus was the epicenter of Christianity in the Roman Empire. And if you're a Christian long enough, you know that this is what happens. You come to Jesus with this excitement, this faith, this fresh encounter with God, saturating your life. It's like all those YouTube videos that you see of those men and women receiving color corrective glasses for the first time. People who are colorblind, you can buy these glasses. I don't know if you've seen it on YouTube. The reactions are amazing. And the reactions are the same for everyone, whether you're a retired truck driver, a groom about to see his bride on his wedding day, or a kid playing with his sibling in the backyard. Every single reaction is basically the same. They see these glasses, they open them up, they put it on, and they begin to cry there is an overwhelming emotional response because they are seeing 
life in color for the first time. And this is what Christianity is like. It's like being given a new set of glasses. You see things the way they were intended to be seen for the first time. And if you come into this faith with this passion, this zeal, this energy, most of the time, but then over time you get involved in church and it becomes about programs and strategies and disciplines and developing goals and initiatives and building campaigns. Nothing wrong with any of those things. But over time, it's as if we we replace intimacy and fiery love with God for activity in the church. And in the Ephesians church, they fall out of love. They fall out of pure and simple devotion to Jesus. They forget what the life of uh, following Jesus, Jesus is all about. And it's about intimacy with God. That language, first love, is that passion, loving, affectionate. It's, it's, it's lover language. It's language reserved for passionate lovers. It's a, bri- a groom to a bride. Jesus longs for that kind of relationship. He sees your activity. He sees the work. He sees the exhaustion. And perhaps he's wooing you back into love. Perhaps God just wants to woo you back into rekindling your passion for him, rekindling your affection for him, rekindling your life with him, not just to be about the deeds, not just to be about the practices, but to be about intimacy. So I want to leave you with that. I want to invite you to rekindle your first love, to remember Jesus is a passionate lover longing for intimacy and he is for you and he's with you and he loves you and God of the universe wants to walk with you in a new way. And so father, I ask that you would release your spirit to everyone hearing everyone listening to know you in new ways, to love you in new ways, to experience a rekindling, a restoration of lovers fire that we would follow you into this next season, not just with activity, not just with duty, not just with obligation, but something far greater than what we could ever imagine. Release that to us today. Amen.